Hi everyone, Ishan here. Wanted to cover a few things before we jump into today's episode. Uh, first off, this episode discusses the Jamstack conference. Wanted to disclose as moderator, my employer was a sponsor for the Jamstack conference. Uh, second, we're always looking for more guests for the show. So if you or someone you know lives and breathes JavaScript and is working on a hot JavaScript project, we'd love to have them on and showcase their work. I'd especially like to extend an invitation to those from a diverse or non-traditional in computer science backgrounds. Uh, don't be intimidated and feel free to reach out. And then finally, we've started getting comments uh, like this one from uh, Ryan on YouTube who wrote, uh, you guys should post this on Reddit. Would help you reach a bigger audience. These are really cool. Thanks for bringing these guys on. Hey, look, uh, we're trying to avoid astroturfing, so we're relying on you guys to share your favorite episodes in your social circle, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, or even on YouTube, as the kids say, smash that like button and hit the subscribe bell. Uh, and you can always reach out to us with feedback and suggestions on Twitter, at JavaScript Jam, all one word. Uh, and with that, I uh, hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to JavaScript Jam. I'm Ishan Nand, VP of Product at Limelight Networks. Uh, today's a special episode. We're doing a panel retrospective on Jamstack Conference, which just happened last week. Uh, with me today are Anthony Campolo and Chris Burns from FS Jam, um, Brian Rinaldi, Sean Davis, and Jeff Escalante, all you know, JavaScript Jam alums. We just thought we'd get together and talk about the conference that just happened. Thank you. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi. Unfortunately, Mark Mark Bracado won't be here today. Um, he had uh, a last minute conflict, uh, which means I'll try to operate as both the moderator and uh, maybe means I'll have to keep my mouth a little more shut on where I have an opinion. Um, but, uh, let's, let's start with the, the biggest thing, um, which were, you know, for those who didn't watch Jamstack conference when it happened last week, uh, there was a power outage during the initial, you know, first few hours of the, the conference. Uh, what were your initial reactions and experiences to the power outage? Uh, Brian, I'm going to start with you. Cause you had a tweet immediately that I retweeted that I thought captured my sentiments better than I could express them. So what were you thinking when you saw what was going down? Well, obviously, I think, you know, most of us didn't know immediately. It took a little while before we realized what was causing it. Yeah. Um, but once once I knew what, what it caused it, I, I honestly, I had nothing but sympathy for the people yeah. running it. Like, how do you run an event, you know, where they're broadcasting from basically a MiFi card off of somebody's laptop? You know, um, that's just that's just crazy. Uh, the fact that you can do it. And still have anything show up to me is is kind of a a marvel of modern technology there. But um, but yeah, I, I I basically said that I've run a lot of these events, and and that's kind of like a worst case scenario where where and it's really really hard to adjust uh, for virtual events like a a real world event. I just shift around some speakers and do some stuff, and it's a little bit easier. But a virtual event that's a lot harder to coordinate. Um, so I give them a ton of credit for, for in, in an incredibly difficult situation, kind of managing to still pull off, pull off an event that came off pretty well. I think, you know, the unfortunate part was the keynote was, was at times very difficult to watch, but, 
after that point, I think everything went fairly smoothly and, and things were things were good. So it, it wasn't exactly what they wanted. I think I know I could tell that they had some really interesting stuff planned that just fell through, uh, and I feel for that. That's 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 hard. You put a lot of they put a lot of effort into that. Um, so you know, but I think it, it still ended up being a pretty good event. Yeah, I uh, for the longest time I thought it was me. It was on my end. I'm like, oh man, my my internet is terrible. You know, with kids streaming and everything, uh, mm-hmm. and then eventually realized no, and I just felt you know, a ton of sympathy. That's, that's kind of, and especially there's so much that great on the execution, uh, to have that. I just, I felt, you know, the same way. Um, and I, I feel like despite it though, like the silver lining is the grace under fire and the personality of the, the team, like the team just is naturally witty. Um, like I, I don't know, like they, who's the funniest person there. Um, because they're all like got such great personalities that clearly it is obviously come Cassidy. I mean, it's got Cassidy. <laughs> I know Tara. Tara put up a compete with her. I'm pretty sure the, pretty we should fun. have another episode where we'll just debate that. Yeah. Um, but just like you know, you can't prep that. Like the the team just was gracious under fire, and uh, there was a great tweet I saw from from Cassidy where she was like, you know, the show must <laughs> go on uh, that we all saw. So I just. The silver lining there is I felt like the personality of the team authentically came through uh, and the way they recovered was great. Yeah. So, you know, uh, with that, that's, I think, a good seg to, you know, they had this really great theme of a 90s kind of like full house sitcom retro theme. What did what did folks think of that or your reactions? It was my generation specifically. I think they were targeting. So for me, it hit because like, it was all of the nostalgia for me. So I think it probably depends on what your age is. And for me, it went straight over my head. Yeah. So that was what I was wondering. Like, I, I was like, Anthony, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so on point. But I'm like, is this going to translate for an international audience? Um, not at all. Not at all. When you just said full house, I was like. Is that an American TV show? Because those uh, <laughs> across the sea don't know anything about the Full House. What what shows actually make it across the pond? I I wonder. Do you have like friends over there? Uh, yeah, friends. Yeah. Uh, what's a very typical American TV show I can think of off the top of my head? Uh, probably Simpsons. Okay, is the biggest American TV show that I can think of that is like heavily watched. Which was referenced. Which That's was, a lot yeah, of the yeah. starters had the yeah. Simpsons opening. Yeah, yeah, I did see that in many of the videos. I was like, oh, I, I get that one. I get that one. Um, what else? Ooh. Grey's Anatomy. Okay. People love that over here as well. So could that. you could you tell there was a like a sitcom reference going on? Like there was some like throwback? Or were you just like, what's going on? Why are they wearing these weird clothes? I, I personally was like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's a theme. It's like then and now is like the invention of the internet. Uh, yeah. Well, reinvention. Uh, I thought it was a nice motif. But yeah, yeah, most of the references went over my head as a young 25-year-old. <laughs> uh, yeah, age as well as, as geography uh, yeah. plays a part here. I mean... For me, it was just like down to the details on like the sit boo boo sit, 
you know, at the end of uh, like, it was just like, took me back the things that you didn't know were in the back of your brain. Um, so I thought it was, it was, it was great. I just wondered if it, it resonated, uh, you know, Brian or Jeff or Sean, what did you guys think? I, uh, I liked it. I appreciated it. I was like, Oh, this is, uh, I, I think I don't, I, I have trouble with, um, virtual conferences in general. Yeah. It's, it's hard. We're like, we're not really going to take the whole day off of work to just focus on this thing. So we've got almost more going on, uh, on those days we're trying to pay attention. And it's, I think a lot, it's a lot more limiting to be able to try to connect with the audience and as the audience to try to be able to, to try to connect with each other. Um, but what I, what I liked about this was they, they took advantage of that, that virtual aspect. This is a, a sort of a thing that would not be super easy to pull off were it in person. And so I, I definitely appreciated it from that perspective. Yeah, that's a really good point. If this weren't virtual, it'd been harder to totally pull off. It really fit kind of turning lemons, you know, into lemonade. Uh, that's a really good way to look at it. Uh, adds another layer of brilliance to it. Um, okay, let's take a step back and talk about the content. Um, do you feel there was like a recurring theme or energy to like this year's Jamstack conference? If you were to like describe it or sum it up, what would you guys, you know, what would you say was like a recurring theme or you felt like was new or novel about Jamstack this year? I could probably do this one if you want. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. You've been unusually quiet. Um, it felt to me like the theme was, uh, was partial hydration and trying to ship less JavaScript pages. Just kept getting nailed over and over in the talks. Uh, and that really felt like what they were trying to drive home. Yeah, I, I would agree with Jeff. I would say the thing that stood out to me was it was, I felt like static site generators <clears throat> played a really trivial part in anything they talked about. The entire keynote barely mentioned any static site generators. Um, it was it was more about the other pieces, the serverless functions, the API, you know, the API management, the the build processes, but not really about the static site generator part of that. Like you know, other tools like V and like you know, um, Astro and, and stuff like that. That that wasn't. I think in years past we talked a lot about like enhancements to to some of the, the static site generators, but your kind of traditional set of static site generators, your Gatsby, your Next, your Hugo and, and Jekyll and so on really didn't show up except briefly when he's like, he said, oh, well, you know, these are, these are kind of transitional things. We're now moving to like a new set of, of tooling that's kind of completely different. So I think it was, to me, it was a lot about a shift away from what what you know what Jamstack was towards more you know where we were about pre-building and stuff like that, and I didn't even hear the word pre-building or anything like that really very much. Um, it was kind of loosely mentioned, but you know towards a lot more about uh, serverless and and uh, and like this kind of microservices type architecture and, and so on and, and pushing less javascript um moving away from some of the front-end frameworks and so, on. so let me just ask you do you what was your reaction to that because a you know you have been part of multiple debates we've had 
on on yeah. static versus dynamic for the Jamstack. But also, B is there like is that a sign that there's a maturation in the market to you know what the static site generators are and and that's a ref- and this is a reflection of that or what do you think that's a reflection of? Uh, I mean, I think in some ways you could I could argue he, they they. Your arguments that you've made in the past, they kind of backed up a little bit because they, I mean, they talked a lot, like almost as much about server-side rendering, although dissing it a little bit, but like as they did about, about other types of, you know, static site generation and so on. Um, so I think, I think it's just, we have, there's a lot more capabilities right now. Things are, it's gotten pretty complex. So I think it has matured, um, to a point where, where you know before we were we were talking about relatively simple straightforward way of building apps and now there's like a thousand different ways to do this it's not really about uh, all about the pre-building there's you know it's as much about all the you know other pieces that you're trying to tie in than it, than it is about the whole build process and so on yeah it's it's almost like uh uh like if the the, the theme being partial hydration, lazy hydration, like what, whatever we want yeah. to coin there. It, it's, it's almost like, okay, well, if we're, if we're there and we're focusing on that, well, then we've already made the decision whether we're pre-building or server-side rendering and we're going to focus on what, what happens and, and what we're doing on the, the client side of things. And that, that's, that's kind of interesting. We're like, oh, we've, we've talked about that for the last several years. Maybe you've figured it out already. I, I, I found it really interesting that, the 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 keynote speech by Matt felt a lot more theory based to me this year. Like, mm. what is Jam? Jam's not like like framework agnostic now. It's much more. It's became this bigger thing. I think it's also in like Gatsby now runs their own event. Next now runs their own event. So you can't really take their talking points because you sound like you're taking one side over the other. Uh, will Astro run its own event soon? Who knows um and i watched it on youtube again and there was a comment on there that i thought was so uh good by someone else named christopher not me so i'm not taking credit but uh they said solid introduction new clients are struggling to get their heads around uh heads around from lamp monoliths and monoliths but something like this will be excellent to summarize and pass on thanks it was a bit not very English, but I, I think I think <laughs> one of the things to take away from that is that yeah, Jam is still super obtuse mm. to somebody not in the industry. We try to make it easy by doing like one click deployments. As soon as you've deployed it, do you really understand how it's all working? How it's completely different from something like WordPress? I think there's still so much more to go, and theory based talks and speeches i think are half of the things that are needed these days because the te- technical side is getting very mature but the wording still in my eyes up in the air what it truly means so you're saying i mean it's a yeah so you're saying basically like the audience for the keynote wasn't us who have been steeped in this for a while it's actually to broaden the audience effectively yeah i think so um very much like what what it was, what it is now, yeah. is a pro- perfect introduction to someone that I heard about Jamstack five years ago and totally ignored it, and now I'm going to reintroduce it. 
I think um, conferences are a great way to really learn about a subject matter uh, mm-hmm. before you even used it. For example, I think I watched two or three Next.js conferences before ever using it. I think it's such a valuable way to to quickly dig deep into such areas. I also, one of the things I also noticed, and maybe it's just me, I noticed there was a lot of uh, positioning, particularly towards Verso, but um, but also with Gatsby, um, where you know I kind of felt like like they were kind of putting them aside in a way. Like even talking about some of the features of them, like like even the server side rendering piece, and then saying like, oh, but I haven't really seen that proven to work effectively on. Um, you know, on a much larger scale, and 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 then kind of like talking about Gatsby. So these were things that were pioneered by Gatsby and Next, but now are basically been we're moving on to like these new sets of tools, and like they introduced this Astro, and and I think um, and I'm not I'm not I think there's always a little bit of corporate you know, interest here. Obviously, this is a corporate conference, even though it's a Netlify conference. Mm. I mean, it's a Jamstack conference, right? Um, and and I think there was a bit of positioning trying to kind of, oh, Next, Next.js, for instance, is kind of a last generation of static site generators. And, and you know, really, we're looking at all this stuff going forward that's, that's kind of surpassed it or moving on from that. Um, so, you know, whether that's, whether that that's the case, I can't read their minds, but that's what I felt seeing some of it. Oh wow! So I read that. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. For sure. Yeah, I definitely got the same vibe. I think what put it over the top for me was their was their Jammy Awards, where they didn't mention uh, Next.js anywhere in there, especially when they had the like ecosystem like innovation over the last year when like Gatsby directly ripped off the things that Next.js put in. DPR was a direct ripoff of Next.js innovation. They showed their survey summary of who's using what and like it had super high satisfaction and like super high usage. And like, I get that they hate Next.js. I get that they're competing with uh, Vercel, but there's a certain point at which you've like completely dissociated from reality when you say like top five most innovative ecosystem projects and it like doesn't even appear in there when it's like the direct inspiration for like half of the features that are being announced it's like all right i hadn't really thought about that see a little tip like that and it starts unraveling the thread of like how much of this is a genuine community conference versus a marketing event that you've paid to go to (laughs) like and then you start seeing it in other places and the whole thing falls apart Okay, I can tell a bunch sorry, of folks no, want to. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, and then I don't know who wants to jump in here. Um, I, so I did not take that away, but I did not uh, process the jammies either. I actually thought of, you know, having a question at the end: who got robbed at the jammies? Um, it, it sounds like I should have had that on on our list of questions. Uh, you've already kind of answered. I, so I watched the talks as I tend to do at, at double speed. So I didn't actually quite get that impression. Um, I I heard them call out like we were like influenced by these guys, but you're right. I mean, there's been a ton of innovation on the Next.js side, uh, and it maybe they should have been nominated uh, potentially. Um, 
I don't want to. I don't want to come across as an XJS like stand because I think I feel like I often do. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not here to tell everyone like you know NextJS should have won all the awards <laughs> and they should have been praising XJS extensively at their corporate event. Like, of course, this not. is your Kanye like, moment. But you know, right on the stage, but yeah. trying to like effectively deny its existence and impact on the community and like trying to like shove it under the rug like it's not there is like a whole different level of, of like you know influence than acknowledging its existence but maybe not like playing it up or like giving it all the awards or like doing all their talks about it i feel like once you're in the reality denying zone like that starts to something starts to be a little off about it i didn't see all the talks did they not have any talks about next series no, wait, hang on. Of course they did. The only place that was mentioned was the survey, uh, the the community. Uh, no, no, there Colby was. Colby Fayok did an entire talk about yeah, Next. Yeah, Colby JS. did a, a talk on Next and Headless WordPress. Who did? Colby. Yeah, he did. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. he did. It was a full, a full talk entirely about Next. Yes. So same Norman, WordPress users. I didn't watch every single one of them. That same WordPress users should adopt uh, Next.js. That's the next majestic <laughs> monolith. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> let's let's not ascribe that we know what was in their heads and their motivations. Um, but it there wasn't that much mention of Next compared to, say, Gatsby, you know, or Astro. Um, and, yeah. and maybe maybe their jo- their goal was just to be more equitable. Like everyone knows React. Everyone knows Next. Let's show some of the new emerging things like, you know, Astro. Uh, potentially, um, you know that that could be why. Um, but yeah. let's let's leave that that speculation out. Um, but there was this definite theme, and you know what those new frameworks, and well, Astro, for example, does is you know the partial hydration, which I totally agree was a theme. Um, I feel like you know, unfortunately, Mark couldn't be here, but he's the one that you know he was saying this to me two years ago. He's like, you look at all the metrics Google is pushing; they're anti JavaScript. And the whole ecosystem is full on on JavaScript. There's going to be some kind of reckoning and the ecosystem is going to have to to reconcile with that. I feel like that was finally coming home to roost. Uh, we started seeing the fruits of that with, you know, things like Astro and partial hydration. Um, and Mark actually implemented partial hydration on React Storefront, uh, you know, a while back, which is how he he got uh, pulled into this and, and realized this was coming in a sense. Um, so... Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I I was just going to say, the thing that gets me about it is that I feel like there's something that I like jotted down in my notes where it was like, I I remember there was a while ago where I saw this talk. um, I wish I could find it now uh, of someone who had been using a Git based CMS um, for like a really gigantic like news organization that had like hundreds of thousands of articles. And they were running into all these problems and they ran into this limitation where they had so many files in a folder that it exceeded the amount of files that the operating system would allow to be in one folder. And so they came up with these like tools and these workarounds to like split the files into like different folders and like link them back together and like make it so that they could get this like CMS that depends on the file system, like still working for their website. And they're like, this was a really great victory. Like, you know, we did some really cool stuff. And on one sense, you can look at that and be like, you did do some really cool stuff. But on the other sense, if you question the base assumption and say, listen, if you're storing that much data, 
why didn't you just reach for a database instead of using the file system in the first place? And then you wouldn't have had all these problems and needed to layer these even more complicated solutions on top of them to get to where you could have been in the first place. I got that same vibe with some of the like direction of this. It's like the survey results showed that the top category of websites that Jamstack was being used for was personal websites and blogs, right? Do you need JavaScript for your personal website or blog at all? No. Do you need Next.js for that? Absolutely not. Do you need any framework for writing components for that? Certainly you don't. And so if your solution to that problem is saying, I'm going to use a big framework like Next.js or like something else that ships a ton of JavaScript, but then I'm going to put Astro on top of that because then it will reduce the amount of JavaScript I ship. I have to say like, have you really won here? Or did you just make a mistake going down that road in the first place and you should have just written it with HTML and CSS like a normal website? I'm happy to be argued against that, but like when I see these chains just continuing down these paths, it like runs in the wrong way. So that's a huge rabbit hole. I almost don't want to go down there and I want to focus on the conference. I will note in the Jamstack community survey, um, and they had a whole talk on it, which I, I thought was great. And I, I thought the survey was a lot more, had a lot more detail than last year's. I do want to just call out, Number one was personal sites, but number two was B2B software, I think, and number three was e-commerce. Um, so uh, it is true that it's the majority, but there you could also do more than one. And my guess is a lot of people experiment. Um, but let's let's maybe just what were folks' favorite talks? If you're, you know, some people have already probably by the time they listen to this, watched some of the talks. But if you haven't watched any, what were like the most important ones to watch, and what one would you uh, would you go? Would you recommend? Uh, I would be the biggest shill and recommend Tom Preston Warner's two-minute uh, Redwood updates because it's quite funny and comedic. Is that a discount talk being two minutes long? It's the easiest <laughs> one you could probably watch that I'm that I want to recommend. Snack. The comma jam snack. Yeah, I liked the jam snacks. Um, uh, I think Anthony, you were well. You work with. Ben on uh, Slinkity, right? Yeah, yeah. I loved Ben Holmes's because he did a whole <laughs> cooking paste pun train where he like told the difference between basically like traditional stack side generators and more newer client JavaScripts heavy, and he compared them to each other with uh, like just cooking metaphor. Like one was like a salad, and one was like a burger. And then as he was doing that, it eventually kind of broke down. It's like he just got into the actual partial hydration stuff. So I thought it was very funny. It was very clever. And um, yeah, I think Slinkity is just a very interesting project. So I hope people check it out. It's similar to Astro, but with Eleven T is kind of the the one liner of it. Yeah, I I really like Ben's talk. Uh, it was it was clever and funny. And I so I was going to say there was one in um, it's uh, in this in this same theme of partial hydration, and it was. Um, I think it was called what the next generation of Jamstack is less JavaScript yes, or yeah. it was something like that. And I really liked that one because it, um, it was, it, it felt to me like the, um, like the manifestation of this theme we're talking about. And it, it went through several different tools and, and, um, kind of took snapshots of how they are looking at partial hydration, how they're implementing it. And so it kind of, it felt like, uh, like if if you could sum up the conference in a talk, that was that was kind of like right in line with it. And I think that's why I, I really like that one. 
I'll say my favorite, although I'm biased, was because we were called out in it as part of their stack. Uh, the one Universal Standard did, Jamstack is for e-commerce at any size. Um, but part of why I like it, though, is it's kind of like a hero story. Um, the, the pandemic, you know, shut all their physical stores. Suddenly they had to rush to e-commerce and they had to shore up their e-commerce site. And they had great results to show. And it was the developers kind of being the hero, uh, which I think is, is always a great story. Um, it's kind of what you want, right? As it's why we do what we do. So I thought that was, that was interesting. Um, were there any others that folks thought were really good or, or interesting? So the one you were calling out, Sean, is that the, that's not the transitional WebEx one, is it? The last no, it wasn't, it wasn't that one. No, it was, um, no, I think it I was, uh, the gentleman from Plasmic, I think who gave it. Okay. That's what yeah. it was. Yes. Uh, yeah. he went through Cause I really yeah. like, go ahead. I really like the the transitional web apps one, which I know you know you wanted to talk about in a bit because I think it was one of the more uh, you know uh, important ones at the conference. But uh, and I liked it largely because I don't know I don't know if I fully agree with him, but I but it was definitely one that made me think quite a bit about um, where everything is headed and what you know what the future of Jamstack, even if it's not called Jamstack, really it's going to be. Yeah, if there was one talk that I feel like captured the zeitgeist of not just the conference, but the moment we're in, it was it was that transitional apps talk. Um, I felt like it didn't have all the answers, but it raised a lot of the questions. Uh, so what did what were folks' thoughts on that? Because, yeah, that is one of the things I wanted to, to spend some time. What did, did people agree with it? Did people disagree? So I, one of the things I thought was interesting was that it reminded me a lot of a talk Brian LaRue gave at my uh, more serverless events mm-hmm. that he called, the, he, what he called functional web apps sounded very similar to what um, what's being called transitional web apps, by, um, uh, you know, in that talk. So it, it's, it's very much like I thought... It's clear that we there are a number of people who are thinking we're moving in in this direction. I, it's it's still kind of loose to me what what that means exactly, um, you know. So it, it sounded a little bit like okay, it's not it's not pre rendered fully. It's not there's some server side rendering. Um, there's a, you know it's kind of a mix of of different of different things. Um, that are popular in all these different engines. So um, it, it's almost like you're just kind of picking. He even did the, like a positives of, of, of both the traditional kind of multi-page apps and the SPAs. And then he's like, okay, this is going to be like, we're just going to take the positives of both, which is very difficult to do. I don't know that that's actually possible to just take the positives of both and not take any of the negatives. But, um, you know, so... So it's, you know, it's, I'm, again, it's, I thought it's still very loosely defined. I think it's more of like a, an abstract direction. Yeah, I was, I, I really, I enjoyed the talk. I found, um, I found it to be really um, well thought through, really entertaining. Um, and also I looked at the, looked at the views this morning and it's got, it's got three times the number of views than the, that the keynote has, which is way more than, than any, none of the other ones were even up to a thousand yet, I think. And it had the transitional apps one had 10,000 this morning. 
So it's like, okay, well, this, this struck a nerve um, and kind of looked around at some other, uh, what, what some other folks were saying about it. And uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, I, is, it, it felt like he was talking about single page apps versus multi-page apps. And I, I was thinking like, isn't that, haven't we been having that discussion for five years or so? Isn't that, isn't that what Next is, uh, Next tried to solve and what Gatsby and, and Nuxt are working on now? And, uh, and, and if that's the case, we've then been living in this world where we're, we're actively solving this problem for the last five years and we don't have, we don't have a term uh, or at least like a generally accepted term for this thing. And so do we actually need a term? I don't know. I don't know. So it was, I was like, I, I, it's a, it's an interesting topic. Uh, I, I don't know that the term is going to, going to catch on. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, Brian, I just don't, I also don't totally know what the, what the real definition of transitional app is. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. It, it sounds a lot like we're describing where people already are, I suppose, in, in some senses, like, Problems we're already trying to solve um, and things people are already trying to do. I mean, even when we've had our discussion before, if you remember, I was like, I think it's just like, you know, there's no, there's no need to be like uh, religious about this. You don't have to go one way, all one way or all the other way. You do what works for your app. And I think that it, it, but even saying that sounds obvious because people building apps, that's what they're going to do. Like I need to, I need to do server side rendering. I'm not going to be like, I can't though. This is a Jamstack app. I can't do that. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so, you know, uh, but it, but it, I think it is, it is sometimes important to kind of come up with these terms to, to kind of crystallize some concepts, even if I don't feel like he fully crystallized them yet, but, but I think it's, it's trying to, to lay them out in a more, formal way as opposed to like, yeah, just do what works. Run the name stuff again, just like Jamstack is, but <laughs> yeah, I just exactly. don't see it succeeding. Like we've proliferated in the amount of different ways you can build websites since the beginning of the internet. It was a simpler, more limited place at the beginning where there are only a few ways that you could do things. But as technology has grown, as the industry has grown, there have been more and more viable paths to making a website. And at this point, there are so many viable paths that everyone's just trying to say, what if I just take this and this and this, and I put them into a bucket and I call them that, but then also, you know, I might add in this one like later, <laughs> and it just makes it more confusing than if we don't try to name them in the first place and just say what you're doing. I'm going to make a site with Gatsby. I'm going to make a site with Next.js. I'm going to make a site that heavily utilizes cloud workers and caching, like just say what you're doing. And then people could have a much better understanding of what you're doing than if you try to like, if we just keep trying to coin new buzzwords and stuff. I know I'm a broken record on this topic, but I just have to keep saying it. Well, so let me give you another, you know, another few minutes to keep that record playing. So you're, make sure I understand this correctly. You're saying basically what we're running into is we're kind of out over our ski tips on the way that this can apply. And it's back to what you were saying earlier. Like maybe we shouldn't have gone down this path and we should stop putting all these things under a single term. Is And so would you then say like yep. transitional apps, we shouldn't really have that one term. We should just start with the framework we're using. Correct. Okay. 
I don't agree that that's a term that we should adopt. I thought Rich's talk was great and interesting and insightful in many ways, uh, but I don't want to see that. I mean, he put up the comic, I think, as one of his slides about the, like, you know, the classic XKCD, like 14 competing standards is now 15. Um, and like, I think it's just going to be exactly what he's done if he tries to coin this term. Like, we just don't need the terms. And I don't understand why people feel so attached to these terms that are effectively meaningless when you can just drop the term and say what you're actually doing and have a, a, a million times more clarity in doing that. I disagree that it offers more clarity uh, because I feel like then you just become tool-based. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm just doing this with Next.js as opposed to like, being able to discuss the options of like, okay, well, you know, what it, it, it just becomes about like the, that singular tool, like as opposed to say, being able to say, okay, Next.js is offering one way of doing the same thing that this other tool is offering another way, you know, that, that all kind of have a similar set of philosophies about how they build things. They just have different underlying functionality. Hmm? You said you disagree with me and that. Yeah. No, I just, because I think that, that giving it a name helps you kind of put all those things under that umbrella as opposed to just like, oh, hey, you know, just describe what tools you're using, which I don't when think do helps that way. That's hmm? the question. In what scenario is it necessary for you to have a bunch of different similar tools under the same umbrella in order to explain it to somebody clearly? Certainly not if you're explaining how your personal website works, because you can only use one tool for said website. When you're learning. I think we should take two steps back and just go with the Linux approach and just start calling them distros and be like, what's your distro? What's your distro, bro? <laughs> uh, you know, oh, I use Next. Oh, I use Gatsby. Um, or we just stop, or we just drop the AM and just call it JSTAG for JavaScript stack. You know, oh, I'm an FSJ, a full stack <laughs> JavaScript developer. <laughs> Just abstract it. I had a similar proposal the last episode of just calling it people trying to make good websites. So <laughs> we've started up that movement if you want to join. But that would be yet another term, to, to be to be fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, defend, I'll, I'll defend Brian, actually. Like, you can have two different technologies. Sorry, good. That's the difference. It's not an attempt to classify things into a bucket. It's an attempt to dissolve all the buckets and say, we're all trying to make good websites. This is not a technique that you don't use to make good websites. And this one is in the way that something is or is not transitional or is or is not Jamstack. It dissolves that entire concept of it and just says, listen, there's a lot of different ways to make good websites. We all have the same goal of making them good and fast and accessible and performant. So let's just talk about how we're doing that, given whatever constraints that we have and drop the attempts to categorize things. That's my goal, and that's my theory. Okay, uh, I will I will leave it on that as we try to move on to, to make sure we get everything else into the, into the agenda here. Um, so what were folks' thoughts on the state of the Jamstack community survey? Uh, I thought that was a really fascinating read. I'm, I'm curious, I mean, Jeff, you already pointed out, and they, they called it out, next is far and away like not only the most popular, but just the raw growth rates of, of next are just really impressive. Um, that was the, the number one takeaway for me, but I don't know, but for other folks, uh, was there anything else that, you know, jumped out at folks? 
I had, uh, I, I wrote down three things that I, I found uh, surprising to me because I, I think everything else that I was hearing yeah. and, and reading was, it was like, okay, well, this is representative of, of what we've been talking about and what we've been hearing for the last year or so. Um, but those, those three things that caught my attention, one was uh, how much the, um, the, the business case usage of, of the Jamstack has grown, that even though blog site was number one, the next like three or four types of usage were, um, I felt like they were business case. You're, yeah, you're I'm pulling it up, up right here. Yeah. Since we're on video, might as well share it. Uh, so it was right here. So B2B yeah. software, e-commerce, consumer software. I, yeah, it all, it all feels like definitely business focused. Uh, that was, that was the first one. The other two were tool-based and the, just, just surprised me, but I think really cool that, um, Fig, Figma is the go-to oh, design yeah. tool and so far and away from everything else. Right and there. that, um, I don't, I, and then on the, in the CMS space, I don't hear very much about Strappy, but Strappy was, was way up there in usage and satisfaction, which uh, I was not expecting, but, but is very cool. I'm going to spend some more time with that now. That's true. I never really hear much about Strappy either, but, um, and, and I agree with you, Sean, like on the, the, the types of apps people are building is, is interesting because if you think about it, like from a statistical perspective, like the, all of those top five or six all were more or less in the same range. I mean, yeah, blog came out number one, but it's by what, two points. So it's kind of, it, it really, they were all, it's like they're, everybody's building all kinds of sites. Um, you know, and a lot of, a lot more business stuff, I mean, you know, I can remember when I got into this, it really was just about building blogs and documentation. That, that was really the use case for all of this. And, and, and that's clearly changed. I think, I think the biggest thing I took away from this survey yeah. was the amount of people that are satisfied with TypeScript. It's like number eight, it's like satisfaction oh, yeah. is eight. Like, are they lying to themselves or are they truly uh, satisfied with it? Because, you know, it depends on my mood to uh, how I'm feeling about that one. I love it. Of course I love it. God damn, I hate it. Why do I do this? Oh, uh, yeah, it built and I'm completely in love with it again. <laughs> you love it when it's nice to I, you. I love and then, Now it's a real relationship, right? So, uh, I, I love the, I love Lori's comment around that too, that if, uh, if five years ago we said, hey, Microsoft is going to build this tool and everybody's going to love it and be using it in five oh, years, yeah. then it, you're like, no, no, nobody would have believed that. And look at yeah, TypeScript and VS Code. It's like, wow, they, yeah, they really Microsoft pulled it. Microsoft has come a long way. They've made an incredible recovery as a company with the developer community. I've never seen a company pull something off like that. It's very impressive. Yeah. Uh, one, one other thing I was going to bring up is the years of experience piece. Um, it's so if you look at the years of experience in years past it, it was under like largely tilted towards the more experienced folks but but like you know you less than one year experience went from like four percent in 2020 to 13 percent now right and, and less and one to two was is, is also has also jumped right um, so that to me says a lot of people are entering into the web development and starting with this kind of uh, tool set. Yeah, that, that was also interesting and something Laurie called out in his talk 
Um, that was that was also really fascinating. Um, okay, we are we are almost out of time. Uh, the last thing I guess I want to close out with is, you know, was there anything that you know surprised you about this year's Jamstack conference, or how would you compare it to? you know, previous years, what, what year of the Jamstack conference was your favorite? I'd say what surprised me. Um, and I, I don't find, I'm not saying this is good or bad. I was surprised there was no big announcements. Other, I mean, there was some from like some of the, the, the associated frameworks that were like, but no big product announcements or new features. No yeah. big, no, no, I was no, expecting no, no that as well. Feature yeah. So I kept watching the keynote, waiting for like, oh, and now we're gonna, you know, we're releasing this or releasing that, and it's like it, it didn't happen. Um, I'm okay with that. I just was surprised. That's all. I what I'm super surprised was is how confusing it's all getting, uh, and that's from someone that uses it every day. Um, for example, if this was meant to be like a here, here's was the start of the jam. Here we are now. If you say to one okay, now join the Jamstack right now, what are they going to pick? And if you say Astro, I would say you're going to get seriously burned in probably a month or two when they start using it and they've put it into their company and it's still like beta software that still doesn't do half the things PHP probably does from 10 years ago. So it's, and I feel this myself <laughs> with uh, with Gatsby. I... Two years ago with Jamconf, I was like, Gatsby is the best thing in the world and implemented it. And I have felt pain <laughs> so much <laughs> that when when I listen to this keynote and they're like, oh, Astro, I'm just like, I can't. I just can't do it. Just can't look at it yet. And this is the guy about who runs this company on Redwood.js. Just <laughs> context. Yeah, in, in fairness to any framework, you know, when you're at the beginning stages of it, there's more, you know, greenfield stuff you're going to have to rediscover. Uh, but I hear what you're saying. You know, if you, you watched it, you, there's a, it's hard to tell what the mature frameworks are from the new frameworks. Um, and, and, and which, which path to go down. Because yeah. it like, I feel like it just needed five minutes of, oh, if you're enterprise, then yeah, na Next.js is probably going to be the website uh, framework for you. If you're writing your blog, do not look at anything more than 11T, to be fair, mm -hmm. because you don't need it. And then oh, if you're, if you're East Khmer's, chuck yourself out the window because it's very confusing right now. If you should be going down the road of Astro or you should just back next, like everybody is. That's, That's a really opinion. fascinating point. No, that it's <laughs> it's hard for us as folks. We were all really steeped into this. We've been following the space for a while. It's hard to look at it as a newcomer and imagine the level of confusion, especially when we've got like, you know, DSG, on-demand builders, DPR, ISR. They're all actually very similar, but you wouldn't know it from the, the acronyms. Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah. totally... That's a really good point. Um, any other thoughts before we close it out? I, I think, uh, and maybe not necessarily surprised, but um, it, it, um, it, it got me excited for, yeah, for like what we're going to be talking about here in the future, where, yeah, for, we had single page apps versus multi-page apps was an argument for a while. And then it was, 
server-side rendering or um, statically pre-building everything. And so now this, this focus on um, how much JavaScript do I ship to the client is really interesting. And we're seeing a lot, like a big trend of, well, don't ship any or the minimal amount and, or I'm going with next and we're not necessarily concerned with that. Uh, and then, but the, the piece I hadn't really thought of that I found fascinating was, I think it was a comment by Evan Yu during the, the keynote where he was like, well, maybe it's not one or the other. Maybe what you need to think about is how do we serve the right JavaScript and a small amount of it so that we can kind of get the best of both worlds. And, and so I'm, I think it was kind of, it was fun to focus on that topic and going to be really interesting to see how things shape, uh, shape up, shake out over the next uh, year or so. Cause I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of talk, a lot of development in that space. Yeah, I, I think actually that's a good note to end it on in terms of, you know, what we should be looking forward to for, for Jamstack Conference 2021. Sorry, 2022. I'm a year off, off by one hours. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, you know, we're almost out of time. So I just want to say thank you to our panelists. We'll hopefully uh, get together again after the next Jamstack Conference or another one of these and love to hear your thoughts. It was really interesting. There's a next JS oh, yeah. one soon. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can do one then. Thanks. Thank you guys for, for attending, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Ishan. Bye.